Yes, you are listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, July the 9th, in the year of our Lord 2018. I'm Tom Baker, and I'm all by myself today as we take a look at readings for the coming Sunday, which is the 8th Sunday after Pentecost. Yes, the 8th Sunday after Pentecost. Readings are from Psalm 85, Amos 7, Ephesians 1, and Mark chapter 6. We're going to, during this program, emphasize Mark chapter 6. Because you wonder, was God not in charge? Or did maybe John the baptizer, did he do something wrong? Why? Well, he was beheaded. And he was frankly beheaded because he had criticized the marriage between two divorced people. Now, I find this kind of important to talk about because there are a lot of people today who are saying, okay, you Christians, you can have your point of view. Just keep it within your church. Don't say your point of view outside of the church. It's kind of a part of the bad sense of postmodernism where everybody thinks that whatever they feel is just as good as what anybody else feels. They look at morality in much the same way that you and I look at what ice cream we're going to get. For example, I really like butter pecan. There are some who don't like nuts, so they might like strawberry instead. Now, which one of us is correct? It doesn't matter because we have different taste buds and some things, well, they taste better than others. But when it comes to morality, there's only one taste bud I'm interested in, and that's the taste buds of God himself. This is why... On tomorrow's uh, chapel service here at the International Center at 10 a.m., I'll be preaching, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Ten Commandments. But I'll wait until later on to tell you what I'm going to be saying because I haven't quite finished bringing all my thoughts together. But the idea that pastors of churches cannot criticize the government is wrong. Now, there are some criticisms that I think are wrong. For example, the uh, Pope just came out with an idea that what the United States is doing in separating children from their mothers of illegal aliens, that that is wrong, that that is not loving. I, I don't know if the Pope is aware of this, but this happens hundreds and hundreds of times every day among American citizens. When mothers are arrested for crimes, they are put in jail, and guess what? They're separated from their children. This is not, I believe, something that the church should say, thus says the Lord. Because you can have different points of view on this, and therefore... It's not something that I believe the church should say, this is right or this is wrong. It's a very complicated situation. Uh, on the other hand, 
the Pope also came out against capital punishment, which goes against Romans 13, where it says the government does not hold the sword in vain. So when does the church properly speak against the government, and when does it not? Well, when the government, and in the United States through its Supreme Court, now rules that it's okay to murder babies in the womb, then the church should be very strong in saying that is contrary not only to the will of God, but also to the good fortunes of the United States of America. How many people who would have had tremendous gifts given them to God did we lose because they were killed before they were born? Or this thing on gay marriage. This is absolutely contrary to the will of God. And it's even a commonsensical thing. I know there's a big fight going to be going on about who you're going to elect as a Supreme Court justice. You need to make up your mind. Do Supreme Court justices stay with the Constitution as it was written and interpret things today in light of its written form? Or can they change what the Constitution says? I mean, I don't see anywhere in the Constitution of the United States of America where it says that all men are created equal, that that means babies in the womb are not, or anywhere in the Constitution where it says that marriage between people of the same gender is a constitutional item. No, it's not. So there's two kinds of Supreme Court justices, and individuals have to decide, do we want one who are going to keep with the Constitution or one who are going to enlarge uh, the vision of the Constitution to include things that we once thought were absolutely wrong. So the church can speak out against morality, particularly in light of the fact that it hurts the body politic. What do I mean by that? Well, ask any pastor... What family is really happy after a divorce? No, nobody is, particularly if you have children. The children feel a lot of times that they're the ones at fault. And therefore, there can be a great division in the family. I don't see any positive things about a divorce. I'm not saying that some people don't have the right to divorce. Uh, for example, if adultery has taken place from God's point of view, then that person who was the victim can do a divorce, but the person who committed adultery is not to be remarried. And here was the problem with John the baptizer. Uh, king Herod was king, and he divorced his wife, and he had a half-brother, and his half-brother was married to a woman called Herodias. And they also became divorced. And then King Herod, after his divorce, married Herodias, who had been divorced. And, of course, John the baptizer censured them as being contrary to the word of God. So what happened to him? Well... He was put into prison. And you all know the story. 
uh, verse 19 of Mark 6. Herodias had a grudge against John the baptizer and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. Why? Because Herod feared John. Now, what does that mean? He was afraid of John? No, no. Herod was a politician. So he often made his decisions on the basis of what is going to give me the support of the people. He feared John because he was a righteous and a holy man, and that was his reputation among the people. And so he kept him safe. So he was really greatly perplexed that John would criticize him. But verse 20 is really interesting. Yet he heard him gladly. So he wasn't against having conversations with John the baptizer. And who knows how much John spoke to him. But then Herod had a birthday. And the nobles and the military commanders and the leading men of Galilee were there. And Herodias's daughter came in and danced. Now, she would have been the daughter from the previous marriage. And her dancing really pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to her, ask me whatever you wish, I will give it to you. You know, I, I don't know how many times people should have learned never to say something like that because you don't know what they're going to wish for. But she went and said to her mother, for what should I ask? And Herodias, who really hated John the baptizer, said, the head of John the Baptist. So she went and told King Herod. And the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately he sent an executioner who brought John's head. And brought the head on a platter, gave it to the girl. The girl gave it to her mother. Now the disciples of John the baptizer heard about it. They came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. So how do we apply this lesson to people sitting in the pews? I would apply it, first of all, to parents. That in this day and age, it is really difficult to raise a child properly. In fact, how many times I saw an advertisement where the father was driving the car and in the front seat beside him was his wife who was listening with earphones to her radio or cell phone and in the back seat was a son and a daughter and they were listening and he was making the point, well, nobody's going to be talking to me. I guess I'm not going to be able to tell them that from this insurance company I get pretty good money every so many months because of safe driving. I'll just have to spend it on myself. <laughs> there was no conversation going on. And you see this in restaurants where people are sitting around a table, a family, and most of them are listening to their cell phones or doing some kind of typing on it, texting, this sort of thing. It's not easy to raise a child in this day and age, particularly with public schools talking about the kind of garbage that they often talk about in regard to immorality being perfectly okay. Well, 
this is the time when a parent needs to really bring the child up in the nurture and ammunition of the Lord. I, I know some um, fathers, uh, some of them were pastors, others were not, who often would have Bible studies. Uh, my dad always did at the dinner table. We'd read a Bible story after uh, supper, and he'd ask us some questions. Now, others do things that we did not do, and they sing hymns. There are some tremendous hymns that children should come to memorize because they are so gospel-oriented. Uh, if you were um, listening to the uh, coffee hour, they had an individual whose wife began crying when they left a Reformed church, and she said, I never hear any good news. I'm never comforted. It's all law-oriented. And it just so happened they had a Lutheran church within walking distance of their apartment where they lived. And they went there and they said, what do you mean by evangelical? And they said, well, come and hear yourself. And before long, they became Lutheran. He's a pastor of a Lutheran church, involved very much in uh, the armed forces as a chaplain. That's how God works. Are you attending a church where you're being comforted? Or are you being burdened? burdened with the law. Now, you're going to say, well, wait a minute, John the baptizer, he sure was burdening people with the law. He was telling soldiers to be content with their wages and had all kinds of other rules for people. Yes, that's correct. Because they were living in a time when people did not realize the full extent of God's law. And so John was accusing them of going against the will of God in these areas. But remember, he always talked about Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. It's very important to understand that John was talking to two groups of people. The ones who were sorrowful over their sins and had a proper baptism of repentance. But then the Pharisees, they didn't think they needed to repent because their works were so good. They followed the ceremonial laws, and they didn't need to repent like sinners, such as tax collectors or prostitutes. And of course, Jesus made clear that no, they needed as much repentance as anybody because we all fall short of the glory of God. Now, it's not that your kids are going to love you when you discipline them. Or correct them. But that's why it's really important. And we just did a double baptism not long ago. And in the sermon, I addressed the parents. And I said, you need to start now in telling your children about Jesus, giving them books with pictures from the Bible, getting them to, uh, first of all, learn the stories and then second of all, to understand what they mean. And also very, very important to bring them to Sunday school, a vacation Bible school, a church on a regular basis. Why? Because the more that they feast on the word of God, 
the less hungry they're going to be when they hit the public schools and hear the opposite talked about by public school teachers. And it's really a shame. Now, there are some good public schools. I'm not saying all of them are bad. But if you go into the uh, areas where liberalism is at the forefront, I'm not really sure you want your kids being taught by some of those teachers, especially in the universities. Because what is being taught is not according to the Word of God. It's not even logical. It just oftentimes doesn't make any sense. But young people, teenagers, they're not quite adept at arguing yet. And so it takes a little bit of time for them to learn that. That's why the older people get, the more conservative they become rather than the more liberal. That, that's a statistical fact. The fact that John the baptizer, you wonder, why did God put him in that situation? He was doing so good in preaching a baptism of repentance. People were coming all over. Why would God want him to criticize Herod and Herodias for an immoral marriage, knowing he would be arrested and finally beheaded. Well, I, I think there's one verse here, and that's at verse 20 that I already talked about. Herod knew that John was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When Herod heard John the baptizer, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. Now, what would he be perplexed about? Well, who isn't perplexed when they're hearing about a man who was a carpenter from a small town called Nazareth, ended up dying on the cross, and then also rising from the dead? And through that, our sins are forgiven and heaven is our home? Who wouldn't be perplexed? And certainly, Herod was. I have no idea whether Herod's going to be in heaven or not. Now, some people say, wait a minute, he beheaded John the baptizer just because he wanted to keep peace with the nobles and others who were at the party. So he wasn't seen to be a liar. Well, I don't know. Maybe the words of John the baptizer came later to him. Uh, maybe he won't be in heaven. But I can see that Herod is never going to be able to say to God, well, I never had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Because it says that he heard John the baptizer gladly. And so that's another message. Sometimes when we in society speak out against the immorality that's occurring in the world, people, some will listen to us. There are a whole group of individuals who, having committed sin, have repented of that sin and have come to a knowledge and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And that comes about, as we were saying last week quite a bit, due to the alien work of God, namely the law. 
The law accuses us of falling short of the glory of God. We call it an alien work because that was not God's intention when he created the Garden of Eden. There would be no need for the law there because they were sinless. But once that law occurred, it becomes an alien work. And we gave examples of how other vocations have alien works, like a a physician. His proper work is to treat your disease. His alien work is to tell you that you're sick. And if you're not treated, you could die. A parent, their proper work is to bring you up in the nurture of the Lord, but the alien work is to punish you in order to keep your old Adam down and keep the devil away from you. This is very important. The alien work saves nobody. But like the preaching of John the Baptist, it prepared people for the hearing of the greatest news they could ever hear. And that was their sins have been forgiven and they're also wearing the robe of righteousness. So yes, there are some pastors who get in trouble because they use the law in a congregation that's not used to it. Uh, A pastor may uh, be critical of two people living together before marriage or two retirement people living together and not getting married so they can keep their Social Security intact. Or, and the list goes down and down and on. Why? Because we're living in a sinful world. And pastors need to realize that they are at the front of the battle of being persecuted. But we are thankful to the Lord when the laity joined with us in speaking the law when necessary. And also in speaking the law, they too become persecuted. This is not something that we should try and forego. Because in God's eyes... It's kind of a promise he makes. It's in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Nobody will ever be persecuted as much as Jesus was, for he was innocent. And the full wrath of God descended upon him. As we know from his words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That will never happen happen to you as a believer. And because that will never happen to you as a believer, we can thank God for all that he has given to us. So why do they have this story of John the baptizer being killed by King Herod in there? Because it is a fulfillment of the promises that persecution will come to those who speak the word of God in this world of the devil. That's why when we baptize an infant, I often consider it a form of exorcism because we are taking the infant from the kingdom of Satan and God is placing him in the family of God. Where Jesus is his brother, God the Father is his father, and the Holy Spirit never leaves him nor forsakes him. That's how Christianity works. 
And it works on the basis of not only love and mercy from God. Have you ever noticed that often at the end of prayers, we'll also say, often say, God be merciful to me. And the reason for that is because being merciful means God is not going to give you what you deserve, which is eternal damnation. That will not happen to a believer. And so encourage parents, families, not only to come to church, but to teach their children at home the small catechism, read them Bible verses, and if you've got the ability, sing hymns so they can memorize that, which is so important. In fact, on tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to be meeting with Mark Smith again. And what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about a hymn. Now, if something is priceless, that means you don't have enough money or resources to buy it. Well, you know what the title of this hymn is? Jesus priceless treasure how do you obtain a treasure that is priceless that is going to be tomorrow's discussion on law and gospel god bless listen to law and gospel each weekday morning at 9 30 on worldwide kfuo for a tax deductible gift to law and gospel please make your check payable to concordia mission society and mail it to tom baker p.o box 28910 St. Louis, Missouri 63132 To give online visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll free 1-877-267-1962 Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.